Well, open your Bibles, please, to the most highlighted verse in the Bible. In case you don't know where it is or which one it is, I can tell you it's not John 3.16. And it is not Psalm 23. Most highlighted verse in the Bible, or verses, actually, is in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Philippians chapter 4. I was looking through my records because I knew that I had preached this passage some time back, and I looked through my records and discovered that I actually preached from this text about a year and eight months ago. The thing that caught my attention as I looked at my sermon notes was the notations I had made at the top of the page. We're going to show you that sermon notes now. At the very top of the page, it said, filmed, 32720, aired, 32920. Let me explain that to you, remind you that this was the second Sunday after we discontinued our services due to to the pandemic. And that day, 3-27-20, I preached to an empty room about finding peace in the midst of panic. The reason it says aired 3-29, we would film on Friday morning and then we would put it on the internet on Sunday morning for for you to watch. The only people here that day, I remember that day very vividly, the only people here that day, there were three people in the room besides myself. Steve Robbins was in the booth running the sound. Jonathan was behind the camera. And Lisa was sitting down front as my audience, my prayer partner, and my timekeeper. Because it was online, we felt like we had to keep it a certain amount of time. Don't you wish we had a timekeeper now? But Lisa was really my only audience to that day. I was essentially preaching to an empty room about finding peace in the midst of panic. And I remember saying to the camera, and hopefully to you as you were watching on the other side of the camera, I remember saying, I miss my church family. I miss seeing your faces. I miss worshiping the Lord with you. And I said, now today we're going to turn to Philippians 4, and we're going to talk about finding peace in the midst of panic. I say all that to... to tell you that as I sat there this week looking at those sermon notes and looking at that heading again, two thoughts popped into my mind. One was how quickly life changed for all of us. Just in a matter of one or two weeks, life quickly changed for all of us. And then the second thing that popped into my head as I was looking at those notes was how deep and how rich God's Word is. Because here we are again, going back to the same text. You see, this is still a timely text because there are still so many unknowns. There are still so many disturbing headlines. There are still so many tragic stories. There are still so many uncertainties out there in front of us. This is still a very timely text. And even though I'm preaching from the same text, I'm not preaching the same message I preached a year and eight months ago. And the the marvel of that is, I want you to make sure you hear me say this, you can never exhaust the truth of God's Word. God's Word is is so rich and it is so deep that we could never exhaust it all. So, in this final message of the Overwhelmed series, I want to talk to you about overcoming anxiety. Someone said everyone is going through something that we can't see. I think there's a lot of truth in that. Some of you are overwhelmed by fear regarding your job, or maybe you're overwhelmed by worry about your child, or maybe you're overwhelmed by panic about your marriage, or maybe you're overwhelmed by anxiety about your health. 
And here's the one truth I want you to get from the most highlighted verse in the Bible. The one thing, if I could boil down those two verses into one simple truth for you to grasp, it would be this. God can help you overcome what has overwhelmed you. That's really the truth of that text. God can help you overcome whatever has overwhelmed you. Now, for some of you, the things that have overwhelmed you was something in your past. There was no denying the pain back then. There's no denying the trauma that occurred back there. It has wrecked your life, and you have great difficulty living in the present. You're overwhelmed by pain and panic and anxiety because of something in the past. You have a hard time living in the present because of what's happened in the past. For others of you, it's not the past that bothers you, it's the future, the unknowns, the what-ifs. You have a great deal of problem living in the present because of your fear and worry about what might happen in the future. Here's what I want you to hear and, and understand, whether you're dealing with anxiety from the past or anxiety about the future, here's what I want you to understand. Anxiety comes with life, but it does not have to dominate your life. Anxiety is a regular part of life. It's a part of living. But it doesn't have to dominate your living. So in today's text, God shows us how to reframe the way we face our fears and how to win the war with worry. Now, I want you to take God's word with me and look at what God says through the Apostle Paul of Philippians chapter 4 as he teaches us that you can actually have inner peace and that will transcend the inner chaos that you've been having. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, I know there are so many who are here in the building and those that, that are watching online who are struggling with anxiety. And this is a message they desperately need. But God, it's not a message from me. I pray it will be more than that. I pray they'll hear more than my voice. But I pray they'll hear the Spirit of God speaking into their heart, into their life, into their home. And I pray the Spirit of God take the Word of God and show us the truth of God that can change our lives. And I ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen. In these days of fear and anxiety, I would just ask you to walk slowly through the text with me this morning. I want you to notice two things as we look at verses 6 and 7. The first truth I want you to notice is this. You don't have to handle anxiety on your own. Now that might sound obvious, but it's such an important truth. You don't have to handle anxiety on your own. Here's the way the Apostle Paul wrote it in verse 6. Under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, he said, Do not be anxious about anything. Now, this verse would seem more applicable to us all if it said, do not be anxious about most things. We could handle that better, couldn't we? That would be, it would be a challenge still, but, but maybe we could do that if, if the Apostle Paul had written, do not be anxious about most things. Maybe we could live, live that out. Or if the Apostle Paul had said, do not be anxious most days. Again, that would be a challenge, but there are some days that are better than others, and so we might be able to live that one out. If, if that's the way he had phrased it, that might be more doable, more accurate, it seems, to our lives. But Paul doesn't give us that leeway at all. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. Nada. Zilch. Zero. Do not be anxious about anything. 
And literally, the, the, the Greek language says, stop being anxious. It reminds me a lot of what Jesus said in the text we looked at last week in Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus said, I tell you, do not worry. In fact, it's, it's the exact same wording in the Greek language. The wording in the Greek language in Matthew 6 is, is exactly the same wording that Paul used when he said in verse 6, do not be anxious about anything. Max Lucado said it so well. He said, the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. There's always going to be anxious times. The presence of anxiety is unavoidable. But the prison of anxiety is optional. You don't have to handle anxiety on your own. And so we're told in verse 6 how we are to handle our anxiety. He says, pray about our circumstances instead of worrying about them. That's what he says essentially in verse 6. Just pray about those things that you're worried about. And so let's read the text again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In other words, whenever you feel anxious, express your trust to God through prayer. Win the battle on your knees. Pray about those things that have you worried and anxious. Mark Batterson said that we should pray as a prayer alarm. And every time you start to worry... Start to pray. That's good advice for you today. Every time this week you start to worry, let that be a signal you need to start to pray. Paul essentially said the same thing in verse 6 when he said, do not be anxious about anything, but basically pray about everything. And and so I want to give you four statements about prayer that hopefully convince you to pray more and worry less. Based on this text, I want to give you four principles about prayer. Here's the first one. Number one, Prayer is an admission that I can't handle life on my own. One of the reasons you need to pray more and worry less, you're admitting to God, I can't do this alone. I can't handle this anymore. Whether it's your past or something you're worried about in, your, in the future, you're admitting to God through prayer that you can't handle life anymore. You can't handle this tragedy, this trauma. You can't deal with it. So prayer is your way of dealing with that issue that has come up in your life. Number two. Prayer is a demonstration of my belief that God cares. That when I pray to my heavenly Father, this is what Jesus talked about last Sunday, your heavenly Father knows what you have need of. So when you pray, you're demonstrating your own belief that God cares about what you're going through. Number three, prayer has a better chance of changing my problems than worrying about them. Well, that is so true. I've never changed anything by worrying about it. Unless I've, the only thing I've changed is maybe raise my blood pressure, but I've never really changed anything by worrying about it. Prayer has the potential to change more than worry does. And number four, prayer is the way we transfer our anxiety from our shoulders to God. Or I like to say it this way, prayer is the way we transfer our anxiety from our living room into His throne room. Or from our bedroom into His throne room. That's how we transfer that anxiety to God. When you're struggling with anxiety, Paul says, invite God into your struggles. Don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. And so in the rest of verse 6, Paul explains how we can do that. And he uses three key words. I want you to note them in your Bible or maybe in your notebook as you're taking notes. The three key words are these. First of all, the word prayer. Prayer carries the idea of, in this context of worship 
and adoration. Look what Paul says in verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer. Here that word means that we're actually worshiping the Lord, that that's where we start our prayer time. When we find ourselves worrying, our first response should be to get alone with God and to worship Him. Now, why would that be important about your anxiety? Why would that be an important thing to do regarding your fear? Because we need to be reminded that God's big enough to handle our problems. And so we begin our prayer when we're anxious and we're fearful. We begin our prayer time by focusing on who we're praying to. We are praying to God and we reverently honor and worship Him. We, ex- we approach God in the spirit of reverence and honor. This week I was reading in my personal quiet time and some of you are reading through the Bible with me and if you read with me this week, you read what I read and that was John 17 verse 1. When I read John 17 verse 1, it just jumped off the page and it, it made me do a little rabbit trail doing some other studies. But the thing that I read in John 17 1 was that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, on the night that Jesus was arrested, the night before his crucifixion, the Bible says that on that evening... That Jesus, quote, looked up toward heaven and prayed. I thought, well, isn't that interesting? He didn't close his eyes when he prayed. That's, that's usually the way I pray. I usually bow my head and close my eyes. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I've done that all my life. But in this text, it said that Jesus looked up toward heaven and he prayed. And I started doing some research in other passages. And he often prayed that way. He often literally looked up to heaven and he prayed and he talked to God. On the night when he had every reason to be anxious. On the night when he had every reason to be fearful. The way that he handled that time was to get his eyes off of the overwhelming problems around him. And he literally lifted his eyes to heaven. And he talked to his heavenly father. You know what? You can do that too. Maybe just pray with your eyes open tomorrow. And those times when you're looking around and you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling anxious and you're feeling that sense of panic, maybe literally get your eyes off of this world and look up toward heaven and talk to your heavenly Father. That's the first word. It's the word prayer. Then the second word is in verse 6. It's the word petition. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. Petition here means sharing my needs and problems with God and trusting Him for the answer. That I share my needs, I share my problems, I share my anxiety, I share my struggles, and I'm trusting God for the answer. The reason that you and I should pray more and worry less is because when we petition God, it is bringing God into your situation. I don't know about you, but I, I much prefer to have God in my situation. And when you pray like that and petition God, you're inviting Him into your situation. And then He uses a third word in verse 6. He says, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has the idea of replacing your anxious thoughts with thoughts of gratitude. Celebrating God's goodness and thanking Him in advance for what He's going to do in your situation. You see, gratitude keeps you focused on the present. Because watch this, anxiety, if if there's some trauma in your past, anxiety wants to pull you towards the past. If your concern is about the future, if your anxiety and fear is about the future, your anxiety wants to keep you in the future and the what-ifs. But God wants you to live in the present. God wants you to live in the right now. And gratitude is what keeps us in the right now. Right now is where we need God. Right now is where we need His intervention. Right 
now is where we need his help. And then I want you to notice verse 6. Notice the wording at the end of verse 6. It says to present with prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. It says present your request to God. The Living Bible translates it, tell God your needs. Or the Amplified Bible says, continue to make your specific requests known to God. With God as your helper. When you tell God what you need, with God as your helper, you can sleep better tonight and smile more tomorrow. In other words, focus more on His power than on your problems. That's what He's talking about. Focusing more on His power rather than your problems. Through prayer and petition and thanksgiving, rest in the fact that God is sovereign and God is sufficient. Would you say that with me? God is sovereign and God is sufficient. Say say it together. God is sovereign and God is sufficient. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Believing God is sovereign and God is sufficient. And now let me tell you how, how I struggled a little bit with anxiety this week in my life. Because remember, anxiety is a part of life. It's what you do with it that matters. So you, so you can tell I've got a little bit of crud. And I had a wedding yesterday. And I, <clears throat> on Friday I decided, you know, I got rehearsal tonight. And I need to make sure that I'm not taking COVID to the wedding. That would not be a good wedding present. And so Friday morning I, I got online. I got an, an appointment. And I was... I couldn't get I couldn't get tested until 3:45, and I thought, well, rehearsals at 6:30, testing at 3:45 is going to be cutting it close, but but I think it'll be okay. So I did that. On the way to to get tested, uh, halfway there, I recognized I didn't have my phone with me. I thought I'm I'm going to need my phone because I got this code and everything. So I turned around, went back to the church, got my phone, realizing now I'm going to be late. So anxiety started to build a little bit. I wasn't worried about the COVID. I didn't think I had COVID. I just won't be sure. But now I'm worried that I might miss the test because they said in a little email they sent me, you've got a 10-minute window after your appointment, and then we'll give your appointment to somebody else. And so I'm driving, and you know how God in his grace just puts slow people in front of you when you're trying to get somewhere? <laughs> he worked on my sanctification this week, I can tell you that. All the, all the way to COVID testing, he worked on my sanctification. Uh, so anyway, I finally get there, and sure enough, I was about five minutes late. But I thought, well, I've still got five minutes in that window, so I'm going to be okay. And, and I start to get out of the truck, and, I'm, and it, there's a little white building. It was at CVS. There's a little white building here, and then there's the main CVS building. I've never done this before, and uh, that looks like the testing center. But it's got two glass doors, but they're covered in white plastic. I can't tell if anybody's in there or not, and, and I sat there for a minute, and I thought, I, I, I'm late, I need to go tell them that I'm here, and I started to reach for the door and open the door, and there's a sign in front of my truck that said, stay in your vehicle until we call you. I thought, well, that's probably, you know, if you're not late, but if you're late, you probably need to go tell them that you're here, and I started to reach for the door, and I saw that sign again, stay in your vehicle, so I thought, okay, I'll stay in my vehicle, and then I started wondering, how do they know I'm here? Is somebody coming from the main building over? They say, oh, I see the, the late guy's here. Let me go test him. And I kept looking behind me. Nobody was coming out. Uh, I, I was looking around. Are there cameras somewhere? They're watching me to see if I'm here. How do they know I'm here? And I start to open the door again, and I start to get out, and I look, and there's another sign on the testing center that says, testing in progress, stay in your vehicle. 
In other words, don't get out of the truck, dummy. And so I stayed in my vehicle. And I promise you what I'm about to tell you happened exactly as, as, as I'm describing it. Eventually, after I sat there forever so anxious about, I'm going to miss my test. I'm not going to have, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to go to the rehearsal and all, all those kind of things. I start, that, that, ain't, that anxiety meter kept rising. Finally, a lady came out of that building and she walked to my truck and she said, are you Thomas Shorter? And I said, yes, ma'am. I started to reach for the handle. She said, stay in your truck. Okay, she said, wait for a call from Rhode Island. Okay, and she went back in that little building with the, with the windows I can't see. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, a call from, how does Rhode Island know that I'm here? <laughs> and, and, and sure enough, about 60 seconds later, the phone went off. It said Rhode Island on. I answered it. Hello, Mr. Shorter, you can come inside now and just bring your photo ID with you. It's the same lady who came out to my truck. <laughs> she said, come on in now. Just bring your photo ID with you. And so I finally got inside, and here's what happened. I shut the door, and as soon as I shut the door, I had a totally different perspective of my situation because I learned as soon as I shut the door, I could not see into her. She could see out to me, though. It was this kind of covering on the window. I couldn't see in the building. She could see everything I was doing that day as I worried and frantic myself, panic about how do they know I'm here. And I stood there looking at that and I looked at her and I looked at the door and I thought, I was panicking for no reason at all. She could see me the whole time. She knew I was here the whole time. And I sensed that God was saying, and that's what you do with me a lot of times. Get all worked up, all nervous and anxious. I can see everything. I was here the whole time, and I could see the whole time. Paul says, here's what you need to do with your anxiety. You just present it to God, because He sees And he knows, and there's nothing he does not see, and there's nothing he does not know. And so he says, so present your request to God. You don't have to handle your anxiety on your own. None of you do. You don't have to handle your anxiety on your own. Then in verse 7, he gives us the second truth. And here's the second truth. The peace of God is available to you. Look at verse 7. Here's what he says in verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Notice that when you present your request to God, then you can experience the peace of God. Present your request to God, verse 6. Experience the peace of God. Verse 7, but notice something else. It's not just peace from God. Don't hear anything else. Make sure you hear this. It's not just peace from God. The Bible calls it peace of God. It's right there in the text. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God doesn't just give you something to help, the peace of God. It's not like God gives you a little something to help you through this anxious time. That's not what it says. It doesn't say, it doesn't say peace from God. God doesn't give you just a little bit to help you along the way. God gives you Himself. Peace of God. Peace that only He has. 
There has never been a day in all eternity that God has been anxious. There's never been a minute in all eternity that God has been worried or fearful. God is a God of peace. And Paul says, when you present your request to Him, verse 6, you can experience the peace of God. Or some translations say, you can experience God's peace. Not your peace. God's peace. This is a supernatural peace. It's not a psychological peace. It is a supernatural peace. It's a peace where it's like you're saying to yourself, I should be worried, but I'm not. I should be anxious, but I'm calm. Peace of God that transcends all logic. It's a peace of God that transcends all scheming. It is the peace of God that transcends all worry. It is the peace of God that transcends all efforts to explain it. And in fact, Paul describes it this way. He said, it is the peace of God which transcends all understanding. That phrase doesn't mean that God's peace is a mystery and we can't comprehend it, though I'm sure that's true. But the phrase actually means this peace that God gives us is so precious that our minds could never produce it. It's not something we could ever produce. It's not something we can manufacture. It's not something we can work up. It is a peace of God that is, transcends all understanding. It is a supernatural peace that comes from God Himself, not from human effort. So as Psalm 55 verse 22 says, Cast your cares on the Lord and He will sustain you. That is the peace of God. You see, the way to be anxious about nothing is to be prayerful about everything. God can handle our problems that we can't handle. And the result of that kind of praying, Paul says, is a peace that will guard your hearts and minds. Look at the text with me again, verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace of God will stand guard over those two areas that cause you the biggest problems. Your heart, which is your feelings. Your mind, which incorporates all of your thoughts. Peace of God acts like a soldier to guard those two key areas of your life, to protect you from fear, to protect you from anxiety, to protect you from doubt. It's interesting in verse 6 that verse 6 begins with anxiety, verse 7 ends with peace, and the thing in the middle that made the difference was our prayer to God, giving Him those things that have overwhelmed us. I would say to you today, you'd be hard-pressed hard to find a more personal, more practical, more powerful word on anxiety than the one we just read in Philippians 4. And here's the lesson from the Bible for your life and mine. If I could summarize it all, it would be this. Turn your worries into prayers. I don't know what you're worried about. I don't know what you're anxious about. The Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, take those worries and turn them into prayers. Worried about your finances? Turn your worries into prayers. Worried about your family? Turn your worries into prayers. Worried about your health? Turn your worries into prayers. Worried about your job? Turn your worries into prayers. Worried about your son or your daughter? Turn your worries into prayers. If you need more stability in your life, turn your worries into prayer. Maybe a little less listening to the internet and a little more listening to God. Replace your panic with prayer. Replace your anxiety with adoration. Replace your, wor- your worry with worship. You and I have two choices every day. 
Our hearts can be torn apart by anxiety. Or our hearts can be guarded by the peace of God, which comes from prayer. So my last statement is this. Pray your way through your anxiety. How do you overcome your anxiety? Pray your way through your anxiety. Those watching online, I would encourage you every day just to try to genuinely pray your way through your anxiety. I don't mean just a little God help me kind of a prayer. I mean a very specific prayer where you begin with gratitude, thanking God that He is sovereign, He is sufficient, and He is on His throne. And you're going to transfer this anxiety from your shoulders to Him, from your living room to His throne room. So by worship or prayer, by petition, with thanksgiving, you give that problem to God. You surrender that anxiety to God. You give that fear to God. And you do it again the next day. And you do it again the next day. And you do it again the next day. And one day you're going to realize, God is my sustainer. God is my provider. God is my peace. So let's pray right now. Would you join me as we pray our way through our anxiety? Join me as we pray. Before I pray, could I just say to all of you today that you'll never know true peace until you know Jesus. There's never a way truly to know peace, lasting peace, until you have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And so if you don't have that relationship, we're going to sing this song, and during the song I'm going to ask you to come forward and let me pray with you and introduce you to Jesus. So those that are watching online, wherever you're watching from around the world, you can pray right where you are. He's there too. And the prayer is not a magical formula. It's simply opening your heart to God and Surrendering your life to God and asking Him to forgive you of your sin and you repent of the sin that you've committed and you believe that Christ died on the cross in your place for your sin to allow you to have this forgiveness and a relationship with God and you claim it by faith through prayer. Whether you're watching online and you're praying or you're praying here with us in the sanctuary, you'll never know peace until you know Jesus. That's the first step. Some of you do have a relationship with God, but panic and anxiety is still a very real part of your life. Today, would you just maybe come to this altar or maybe right where you are, just unclutch your hands and let go of that problem. Unclutch your hands and let go of that fear, that anxiety, whether it's from the past or whether it's something in the future. Say, God, I really believe you are sovereign and I really believe you are sufficient. And today through prayer, I claim the peace that only you can give. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're grateful that you've given us a way for us to overcome our anxiety. May we follow your path and follow your word. And may Jesus be honored in it all. It's in his name I pray. Amen.